I would imagine there are a lot of golf shots to talk about, but the first order of business is something that we appeared to catch on camera. 13th hole, you missed the par putt, and it appeared that you spit into the cup. Uh, first of all, did it happen? Uh, yeah, it did. I mean, I'm not going to say no, but, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing to it. It's just, you know, missed the putt, and I wasn't too happy. I didn't spit. I just let it, let it go down, but anyway. It's not a big deal. I would imagine you don't think that's an appropriate thing to do in that somebody else has to remove their ball from the cup after that, no, right? No, well, don't worry. If, uh, if it would have if it would have been, uh, it did go in the middle, and, uh, and it, it, I mean, it wasn't going to affect anybody else. So don't worry. I, I noticed that. So uh, if not, I would have cleaned it. All right, Sergio, we appreciate you stopping by. Thank you. All right, thanks. Here, the 2019 Tour Championship wraps up the season, and the cut line is here to break it all down. It's bittersweet for Zach and I, as we have successfully completed our main goal, our main objective, and that was making sure we produced an episode weekly. And as happy as we are for that feat, nothing was as important as you, the listener. We appreciate all the time that you've given us on the cut line. And we're looking forward to growing our show, our listenership, and our ability to dissect any PGA event. So thank you, Canada. Thank you, Australia. Thank you, USA. And thank you, UK. Some of the listeners have been with us since the beginning. We are very grateful that you spent your precious time with us. You guys are the real winners here. But first... A quick word from our sponsor. Now you put the letter in here, and the letter goes round and round, whoa, and it comes out here. With Sharp's choice of fax machines, you can send documents in as little as 12 seconds to any place in the world you can phone. The photo goes round and round, whoa, whoa, and it comes out here. And that will change the way you do business forever. And it comes out here. Sharp. The number one selling Welcome fax to the machine Cut Line. I'm Michael Cavalunis at Lunis on Twitter. The Tour Championship signals the end of the PGA season and the oncoming onslaught that is NFL football. Go Bears! But this show cannot be done without what we would consider the 5K maestro this week. Martin Pillar's ever-so-casual fan uses a mini putter from his local putt-putt he drinks flirtinis habitually at EaglesFan83 on Twitter. Zero Iron Zach, Mulligan Manafort, Zach Manafort. Zach, what's up, buddy? What's up, man? It is the final week of the season for a couple week break. You know, it's been a good week. Uh, I didn't think I would enjoy last week's tournament much on the fantasy side, but ended up being a roller coaster for me. Um, I was doing pretty well up until Reeve decided to, to shit the bed on on Sunday, it would have been uh, quite the profitable weekend, but instead I broke about even. So not 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 all bad considering how much I played, and I wasn't going to play a lot, and then I went a little heavy, and so broke even. So yay me! This week I think you know I'll probably max max out the dime and the, the twenty five cent just to get some of the bonuses, and then play like one or two single entries, keep it easy. Thirty player field. I don't really want to split 
first place with like nine thousand other people. Oh, that so makes, I was, it, makes I was sense. Really, oh, it was it was it was losing. I lost seventy nine dollars. Yeah. Um, oh, I I said I was not gonna play too heavy. Uh, I ended up probably going um, two hundred two hundred dollars in. So Chez uh, Chez didn't do me any f- favors either. I saw his downfall begin on Saturday on hole fifteen. Yeah, uh, when he hit it in the water. So yep, that was bad. That was where it started. You're right. Um, but uh, needless to say, went to the BMW. Tuesday was my favorite day. I went to the practice round with my son. He met tons of golfers. He met Woodland, Phil, Justin Thomas, Rory, Ricky. Um, all their signatures on a fan, Desha- or on a, I'm sorry, on a flag, and then we had uh, Deshambo. Nice. Gary Woodland talked to him for like 12 minutes, and I'm pretty sure no one here at this course, no fan, knew who Gary Woodland was. <laughs> Anyways, he's standing next to a gate, and he's just watching people. And I say to my son, I go, "Hey, that's Gary Woodland," and, and he, he's ignorance is bliss for him he doesn't know who anyone is he just right. is a golfer and wants to go meet him goes up to woodland i don't even come with him he takes his flag woodland signs it ends up just talking to him about golfing and in general and my son's so cute he asks him like just the strangest questions about golf like simple ones like do you like hitting the ball far is that fun for you <laughs> oh, I love anyways woodland's got this huge smile on his face but then of course the crowd goes Oh, that's Gary Woodland, you know, and he's like, "Hey, kid, I gotta go," <laughs> and he was on his way. So that was a lot of fun. Deshambo spends tons of times with kids, um, and and you can just kind of tell how players are towards their fans. Yeah. Um, you know the amount of time that Ricky, Rory, JT spend with their fans on these Tuesdays. That, that especially the kids. It's all for the kids. Oh yeah. And it, it's it's awesome. Phil takes the time. Um, of course, Tiger goes out on on course two so you don't even see him but um saturday was great we got the hookup we got upgraded for free because we know the man who uh runs the bmw championship saturday we got upgraded free to basically free beer free food got to see the you know inside of the main clubhouse of medina we parked it on on the eighth green at one of the um one of the you know the seating structures and just uh drank like a fish but it was a ton of fun it was a ton ton of fun i would absolutely go i i would if you've never been to a golf tournament now this wasn't my first but it was my first taking uh my son to the practice round um it was a blast and you really have to go and i know some people say they wouldn't really think they would have a lot of fun but you're listening to the show because you're a golf fan and because you're a golf fan i'm just telling you you need to go to a yeah, golf tournament. I'd agree. I, I've actually only ever been to one, um, and that was back at the Quicken Loans back in July in uh, TPC Potomac. And I went by myself the first day, scoped it out, had a lot of fun. The second day, I did the same thing. Brought my daughter. Uh, she was three at the time. Super pumped to go. Uh, since I had been talking so much about John Huh the last like seven weeks prior, she was all pumped to meet John Huh. We got behind him at the driving range, and she was pr- pretty much John Huh's only fan. So it was. It was interesting. She was like, that's John, huh? And people started laughing. It's just a great experience. With all the kid events they had, uh, yeah, I, I can't echo it enough. It was just a blast. And they do make it so much kid-friendly that it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's good to have the golfers. I mean, we, we were following Graham McDowell for a while. Yeah. 
and finally he just it's like us it's my son and me because i i think half the people in illinois more than that don't know who he is anyways he comes up to sign his flag and michael's kind of like looking at me not not giving his flag to him and he goes oh that must not be one of his favorites (laughs) and he started laughing and you know he chilled with him for a little while while he's on the course playing so it's a lot of fun it really was and um i'm very thankful that i got to have that opportunity with him and and make those memories so love it what i mean let's let's break this down let's go right to let's get right to it now the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the tour championship at east lake no pulling punches here we're gonna jump right into it and we're gonna do the best we can there's a plane waiting for us to take us to miami in an hour don't make a big thing about it I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. You broke my heart. To make sure that you are cashing big on Sunday. We'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And as always, a special thanks to PGA and Fantasy National for all the stats they provide for golf fans and PGA DFS enthusiasts. Fantasy National is Helping draftees create unique lineups based on key stats and analysis. Trying to figure out why you're struggling week in and week out? More than likely, it's because you're not considering Fantasy National. You're ending up on the wrong end of the flag stick, so I ask you, how are your lineups doing? Zach, let's jump right into it. 30 Golfers Tour Championship. What are our players looking at this week? Well, interestingly enough, now that we've played on two courses that haven't been played on a ton in the past, we go back to East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta, Georgia, which has quite the history. Uh, it's a course that was made in 1908 and redesigned and really remodeled by Don Ross. Uh, and then following that, there's been two other redesigns, uh, the latest really just being improvements to the Don Ross design in, in 1994 by Reese Jones. So it's a par 70, just over 3,600 yards, which you know has, has become quite challenging. Before it was redesigned the last time, it was pretty much a, another scoring birdie fest, which we've seen uh, time and time again over the last month. And the last one was, I think, uh, one of the ones that was the biggest one was Tiger Woods when he won at 23 under. So after that, they did a huge redesign. The greens were changed to Bermuda grass, uh, and now it plays a little bit tougher. We're still seeing scores you know, in eight to 13 under round, uh, range for the winner. Uh, but it does become a little bit more difficult. But there is plenty of scoring potential. Uh, there's long par threes, which are you know a customary trademark of Don Ross designs, uh, and there's four of those here on this course. So that should make some some for some good crowd noise, and you know people wanting to see those long par threes with a chance for a hole in one, or you know decent hole outs. You got to make it good for TV if it's a tour championship. Uh, there's also two longer par fours that they scaled down and made into par fives. So you know that'll be interesting to see reachable fives. Uh, so that's an, an interesting aspect. Now the water's in play here on five or six holes, but I don't think it'll be too too challenging. Uh, we should see the Bermuda greens running a little bit faster than normal, uh, and the runoff areas, from my understanding, have been shaved down a little bit. So you got to be a little bit accurate, but not you know it's not challenge. It's not like penalizing like U.S. Open course. Um, so you know they want people to they want to see scores. They don't want to see people breaking even for the Tour Championship. Uh, it's just bad media. Uh, back in uh, 2018, it was ranked about middle of the road, 24th uh, course difficulty out of the 51 ranked courses. So, you know, right middle middle of the road there. Uh, course record on the course right now is a 60 by Zach Johnson. 
and you know the weather this week it really doesn't seem like it'll impact much uh, a little bit of rain thursday morning not too much again on friday uh, friday afternoon a little bit more on saturday and then we might see some rain throughout the day sunday but again it's so early it's hard to tell like what's really going to happen with the weather uh, the wind doesn't look to be too penalizing pretty much consistent for thursday and friday so you know everyone's going to get four rounds you're not going to get any advantage from or making you know weather decisions with the tee times and any of that so it's not really impactful uh as far as stats go you know for me this week i'm looking you know long term the 30 supposedly the 30 of the best golfers on tour right now so how i'm breaking it down is i'm looking at strokes gained tee to green over the last 50 rounds uh, the course can be challenging if you're not putting you know shots in the fairways so i'm, I'm, I'm really putting fairways gained gir's gained and good drives together uh, and strokes gained off the tee i really want guys that are, are setting up their shots and are leading the field in, in all those categories and then you know I'll look at, i'll look at strokes gain approach and then i'm going to pull all those together and i'm going to look at last 100 rounds putting on bermuda greens uh, just to give that little little more splitting hairs because with 30 guys you got to pick six uh you know there's going to be a lot of dupes in the field. I don't know. There's there's ways to attack it where you can, you know, say go off the wall with guys. But the way they're doing it this year with the first time with positional scoring and starting guys off uh, at different ranks, you know, it's going to be hard to take a guy who is 30th in the field and then, you know, try to salary save. You're going to have to spend up on somebody. Um, I don't know. We'll get into it. But I'm not a fan of JT this week just for his price. But we'll we'll talk about it. Uh, what are you looking at this week? Uh, for me, some similar stats that you kind of mentioned, but I'm really key on ball strikers and approach this week. Um, I'm weighting that very, very heavily. On top of that, scrambling's always been pretty key for the winner. Um, the winner here has often been the best scrambler, so I'm going to add some weight there. Of course, strokes gained off the tee, good drives. Strokes gained on par fives. Um, putting, I'm getting more specific than I normally do. I'm looking at that 5 to 10 foot range and that 10 to 15 foot range. Oh, also look, also looking at greens and regulations gained, 3 putt avoidance. And I think a stat that is going to be overlooked this week is just DraftKings points to the field. And understanding how our players in this field acquire those DraftKings points. Um, there, There's a lot of ways to attack this slate with 30 golfers. Um and it's very hard to be unique just because of the limited amount of options you have and ways to diversify your lineup. So I do want to hit home a couple key concepts and ideas this week, okay? Now, Justin Thomas is starting 10 strokes under par. All right? He's in first place to start the day. He gets a 30-point DraftKings bonus. On top of that, he could lose those 30 points if he does not win the tournament. All right. So that continues as a uh, kind of domino effect with Cantley, then having <clears throat> Cantley, then having a bonus of 20 points, Kepka 18, Reed 16, McElroy 14, Rom 12, etc., etc., all the way down to three for Jason Kokrak, DeChambeau, Louis, and C, uh, Chucky Three Sticks and Glover. So here's the thing that I think a lot of golfers are or a lot of players on DraftKings are going to do. They're not going to consider the ability for a player to score. Justin Thomas can still win this tournament and still not be in the winning lineup for DraftKings. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's not scoring. Yep, I agree. While, while you could have Webb Simpson 
who moves up a spot or two and outscores JT like crazy because he's getting birdies and eagles but still losing the tournament. You need to understand that 10 under for, for, for most of these guys in this field is insurmountable to overcome over four days. Yep. Justin Thomas has to play terrible for DeChambeau, Louis, Chucky Three Sticks to come back. Like, terrible. And I know people are saying, well, you know, they shoot this one day, shoot that one day, they're back in it. Now, you're also assuming that everyone in front of them is playing terrible golf. It's just not going to happen. Um, so that's something I want you guys to consider. In addition, you need to, to consider how players score their DraftKings points. If they are a player who averages high total based on their finishing position, this is not the week to draft a player like that. We're looking at guys like Abram Anser, Corey Connors, Snedeker, Kisner, and Louie. Guys who just are very, very dependent on their finishing position rather than their drafting scoring their points. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that's guys like Sanjay Amis you want to target this week. Absolutely. Sanjay, 5,900, who is going to score a ton um, in everything of that nature. Xander, someone who could score a ton. Um, if you look at the top, I, I think he's be extremely popular. Someone like Justin Rose. Yep. Justin yeah. Rose is going to be a scoring machine and lights out. Adam Scott, when he plays well, he tends to finish well, so it's kind of hard to justify that. But that, that it's kind of it's kind of what we're looking at here. Someone like Gary Woodland, never really finishing in the top ten, but just a birdie machine. So. That's kind of what the scoring that you're looking to do. That's your strategy. If you're going to go stars and scrubs, by all means, do it. If you're going to try to go balanced, by all means, do that. But just understand who you're rostering, why you're rostering them. And we're going to do our best to kind of break down those best plays coming up here. So that will lead us to our birdie or better segment where Zach and I break down the golfers in this week's tour championship. And we'd like to give you our favorite plays as with the golfers that we feel are just not best for your lineup construction. And we are going to start with number one, JT, who comes in at $15,500. $15,500. Ridiculous. But nope. it's awesome. And then you see golfers who are down in the 5Ks, and you're able to build solid lineups you know, with JT. So he does start with the 30-point bonus, has a great shot at winning the tournament. My only concern is will this elite play continue here at East Lake? I kind of have that rule of three where if you have two great tournaments in a row and then you win the third one, I tend to not be so heavy on you. It's just a personal preference, personal play of mine. Where are you at on JT? Uh, I, you know, I have a hard time saying this, but I think I'm out. I think, honestly, I am 100% out on JT, and I've got a couple reasons for it. One, what you mentioned, last week he scored 156.5 DraftKings points. Insanity. Before that, 84, 73, 75, 72, 27, 77. So he's really not breaking 75, which you're paying 15K for a guy. No thanks. Plus, okay, all right, let's throw in the new format. He's got a lead, so there's no reason for him to play aggressive. Uh, look at last year, you know, um, let's see. No, let's look at yesterday, or this week, for example. 
he he started with a six shot lead on Sunday over Cantlay, and then because he didn't continue the way he was playing, he only beat Cantlay by three. Nat, Natsuyama almost caught them and beat them both by he beat um, Cantlay by five and and uh, JT by two, and that was only one round. So yeah, so sure he starts with the lead, and you know the guys at the bottom really don't really don't stand a chance to break into the top three, but. You look at guys in the top five, I mean, there's an easy way. They're only down by two, three, four, five strokes in over four days. He can give that up easily to guys that are scoring. I mean, Rory could easily catch him. Answer has an outside chance. Simpson's got an outside chance. Xander's got an outside chance. I mean, they all do. And, you know, guys in first, is it a mental game where, you know, they're in first, so now they're playing a little conservative, so they don't double, triple bogey, and they're just parring and, you know, on Saturday and Sunday, they realize, oh, crap, I need to pick it up. But then they've already lost two days of scoring. So, I don't know. I think 15-5 is too much to pay for JT. I'm sure there are – and I also think a ton of people are going to be like, oh, 30 points to start with? Yeah, of course he's going to win. But he's got to finish third, really. I mean, honestly, to, to, to help you win something. And but I even just... finishing third, then you're losing the 30-point Right. And, and you're if only... he's finishing yeah. third, he's not scoring, that means someone like Cantley – Kepka, McElroy, whoever caught him from behind is is the play. Like you, you don't have that kind of leeway with three guys in the field. If JT drops out of uh, out of the first, if he stops playing well, the lineup's dead. Yeah. And last year, I mean, 10 of the 30 players in the field shot over par for 4 days. One of them shot even par. So you're looking at 11 guys that aren't going to potentially aren't going to score anything. Well, not anything, but like not score high. So yeah. he easily could be one of those guys that, you know, barely breaks par, and you got someone else at under eleven. That's pretty much almost the entire field could potentially win if he just shoots par or worse, and some and one of the lower guys shoots eleven under. Where is the like? It's too it's too much risk. He's not gonna. He's. I just don't think he wins. And if you the, don't think that he wins, you can't play him. Well, the risk here is what's appealing. I mean, Vegas has him at five to two to win. Now, if he wins, you get the 32 points. But what you're hoping, what you're hoping for is that he does not go out conservatively, that he does go out somewhat aggressive, and he plays above his average. That's what you're hoping. I mean, if you can do that and then diversify your lineups, I see a high rationale for playing JT, considering, and and I'm not going to put much weight into ownership this week because there are only 30 golfers, but... But I think that's why you do it. I think he's going to be like 40, 35% owned. No way. If he, he was 23% owned last week and there were 70 in the field. How is he not going to be 35, 40% owned? My, my model currently it, has him at 26. Nah, I, I can't see Nowhere that. near sniffing Johnny Rahm. Uh, nowhere near it. I can't see him coming in under 33%. And nowhere near sniffing Justin Rose. I got thir- Justin Rose at thirty eight percent. Oh, I I can't see a reason not to play Justin Rose. I, I mean, mean, I'll I'll eat the Justin Rose chalk, sure. I, that's fine with me. I just I just can't I can't pay fifteen five for JT when he either has to win or come in second and score. If it's a, if, if he it's misses, a any concept to see fifteen five for good. a golfer. The highest we've seen a golfer this year, I think, was one Brooks week where he was like 12 6, 12 7. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Cantley comes in at 12 4. You do got to remember, though, they dropped below the 6K uh, minimum 
Sunjay's 59. So yeah. you could still build lineups. And there are guys here that can score. DeShambo is a par-making machine, yeah. even though his recent form sucks. You know, he's someone that you can play. Sunjay, 5,900. You can build a diverse lineup with guys that can score. I, but, I don't think a complete fade, especially with the mass multi-entry, is necessary with JT. I do think you need to, though, be mindful of his ability to score. I, I If you think he's going to stay on fire, by all means roster him, then you're going to have nuts. If not, move forward, go somewhere else. Yeah, uh, I'm on the opposite camp. I'm absolutely fading JT this week, 100%. I will not have one single lineup with him in it. I'm not playing heavy, so if, you know, if he misses, then I win. All right, next guy we want to cover is Patrick Camelay at 12,400. He was second in the BMW in two 12th places before that. And Cantlay, like JT, is playing at a different level right now than the field. I think he's one of the least favorite players of the popular players here, simply because it's Patrick Cantlay. He's popular, don't get me wrong, but he's not Brooks Kepka. He's not Dustin Johnson. Um, I don't even think he's as known as in terms of the you know the the DFS community as someone like uh, Adam Scott or Decky. He he just doesn't gain that popularity, which I think is an advantage in rostering this week because it could get you some leverage. You know he's nine to two odds to win. You're already getting the twenty point bonus, and he could easily outscore JT with birdies and make up the difference. Even if he still finishes in second, he could outscore him by DraftKings points. I love Cantlay here at 12-4. I, I'll disagree again with this one and two and for a couple of reasons. One, one is his course history here is just awful. In 2018, he finished, uh, what, 20, uh, 21st? In 2017, he finished 20th. His finishing score for both of those tournaments in 2018 was one over par, and 2017 was par. Um, so he is not scoring on this course. And even looking at his recent form coming into those events, in 2017, he was actually in really good form. He finished ninth the week before. He had a 13th and a 10th the two events prior to that. So, you know, he is coming into this week in, in good form. And I, and I think that's that's something to note. But he, I don't know why, but this course just doesn't seem to set up well for him the past two years. And I think that's different than the JT argument where, you know, I'm just not paying it because I think he'll be higher owned and, and JT has solid course history here. I just can't see paying this price for Cantlay based on his last two years, even when he came in playing well. I just don't think it matches up well for him for whatever reason. And I'm just going to skip the top two, one of the top couple guys, and not and just go a different route. That's not enough course history for me to be. I mean, it, it causes concern. Don't get me wrong, but even Decky has. You know, a 26th and 22nd finish. Obviously, though, surrounded by a 4th, 5th, and 12th, which is right. a little different. But guys are going to struggle. I think it just so happened that the last two years, Cantley came in and he didn't play his best. Um, you look at someone like Kepka last year, tied for 26th, when the year before that he finished 6th. I, I, I think it's something that, that is it, you should consider. But I don't know how much course history matters because it, it's such a different tournament. So much different is on the line. Now, I do love Cantlay as a putter on Bermuda Greens. He, he, he's about .06 strokes gained. His second best putting surface uh, versus his number one is bent. 
So that's nice to know. And, and his recent form looks great, especially putting. Last week, six strokes gained putting. The week before that, 4.6. And, of course, at the St. Jude, um, he only barely gained 0.9, but his T-degree game overall really helped him that week to finish 12th. So I think Cantlay is in play. I get your your rationale for notting, not wanting to play him. Um, I, I just think it's it's too good of a move at 12-4. Another way to diversify because of ownership. Again, don't put too much heavy leverage in ownership. Getting Cantley at 25% versus you know Rory at 35% isn't much of a difference. If you think Rory's the nuts, then play Rory. But um, I, I, I like Cantley. I, he ranks well in my private model. He ranks sixth overall. Um, so I, I think I will find Cantley in some of my lineups. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. I'm just... I. I'm going with one formula here, and I'm not deviating from it this week. All right. So we're going to throw a little curveball and go to Brooks Kepka. He's been off recently when you think of Brooks' ability, Brooks' finishing positions, everything like that. And I think draftees are expecting Kepka of major dominance recently, but it just hasn't happened in this FedEx playoffs. But this is an opportunity for him to come back into form. It really feels like a major to me where, where he's not going in as popular because of his recent form, but he's just dominated Bermuda putting services in the past. Yeah. And and one of this week's key stats is putting. And I think it's an opportunity for Kepka to really round back into form. You know, at $12,200, I think you're getting an enormous discount for the fact that Kepka is normally the number one salary, at least in recent weeks. Look, you're going to play Brooks when the major is on the line, the major championship. Now, this isn't a major, don't get me wrong, but it's $15 million and a big-ass trophy and a ton of prestige. Brooks can score. Brooks can dominate. He'll birdie. He'll eagle. And he'll gain bonus points as he increases his finishing position. If we see major Kepka, lock and load. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think Kepka's a great play. And, you know, it's hard to say any of these guys aren't great plays. At any time, they all can turn it on. But I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, putting, he's just phenomenal. And, you know, yeah, you're right. He hasn't been playing well. But he's starting in third, just a few strokes behind the lead. And we've, <laughs> You're right. Major Kepka can show up at any time. And I've faded him three out of the four majors, and I – Eight my words, three out of the four majors, but I'm going to play him when, when it's all on the line this week for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, where do you want to go next? What, who do you like? Who do you love? Uh, so there's, if we're staying up in the upper range, we can go I anywhere you want. There's only 30. Yeah, you know what? Let's go, let's switch it up a little bit. I, I'm eating the Justin Rose chalk at 6,900. I just don't see how you can't. Um, I mean, I get you can't because there's only 30 golfers and you want to diversify, but for me, he, he ranks. You know, uh, he's only 14th overall. You know, for me in in my regular model, but in my mixed condition, he's seventh. And seventh, and he's 6,900. Yeah, I can't I can't go wrong. 10th in the field in putting. Uh, he's 13th overall over his last 36 rounds with the stats I'm looking at. I and mean, he's 13th overall over the last 36 rounds in Bermuda on the stats I'm looking at. Um, he easily can put up scoring points. And, you know, he can easily put himself in the top five. I mean, it's, it's definitely a possibility. And if he plays out of his mind, he can find himself in the top three. 
I don't know if he realistically can win the event, but I think he has a solid shot at you know at top five here. And if he puts up the points to do it, and he gets the positional points to to have at it, then you know I don't think you need to worry about salary this week. I think you just want guys that you think have potential to move up on the board and score. So Rose is one of those is one of the few guys in this field that I really feel comfortable just not just putting him in everything, just locking him in. I do like Rose's price. His ownership's going to be incredibly high, but you don't have a lot of options here, so you're going to have to eat it, and I'm okay with that, um, especially at 6,900. This was this guy was world golf ranking number one in January, February, before Kepka started dominating. He's all the way down to number four. Okay, you're getting the number four golfer in the world at $6,900. That's crazy. It's insane, okay? He puts excellent on Bermuda. Uh, a tool that I want to I, I want to kind of suggest that everyone download Rick Gaiman at DFS on demand has released a free spreadsheet that you can manipulate and kind of utilize to show finishing positions based on strokes gained um, it's really cool the way he developed it if you if you're not into Excel you don't have a lot of experience I, I, I you're not going to get anything out of it but in terms of <laughs> Uh, the ability to manipulate, like, for example, Justin Rose, let's just say that he plays 85% above his average play while the rest of the field kind of sticks to where they're at. You know, he's projected to finish at best fourth place, which makes sense. Yeah. But that kind of jump, like you mentioned before, top five finish, is easily feasible for, for Justin Rose if he plays out of his mind. And then... Plus, more than likely, with that jump and that type of DraftKings play, he's going to be the top DraftKings scorer. So he's too cheap. He is way too cheap for you not to roster. Um, I, I'm going to have a lot of Justin Rose as well. Yep. So I got a question for you. Sure. Shoot. I got to I got to I got to throw it at you because I can't say I told you so. But what are you doing with Dustin Johnson? I I can't do it. <laughs> Finally, finally. But I, I mean, he could easily come in and start scoring like crazy and and breaking the slate. But I, I just can't do it. Um, I still think he's going to have a lot of popularity. Good. Um, he just looks wrong. Thank and, you. And I I watched him. <laughs> I watched him on Saturday. I I got like five feet within it, him and Tiger, like. I don't know how it happened, but it was me and my buddy Tom and no one around us, and we're following these guys with no one around us because everyone's on the other side of the fairway. So, you know, we cut across 12 to get to him or something like that. Anyways, his putting is just off. He, he can't get it right. Everything else looks very Dustin Johnson, if that makes sense. Yeah, but putting's going to be a big thing here. And it's just, oh, it's brutal. Now, the one thing I will say is that any player can all of a sudden find the putter. And Number four rounds. I, 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 I will have pieces of every golfer in a 150 max. I will say that. So, But if I'm going to go with like a 3 max, 20 max, and I'm going to do like a core cascading model, anything like that, I'm not going to have any Dustin Johnson except for maybe a filler here or there. And that's pretty much highly unlikely too, because it just it burns, it burns so bad at the open. 
what should have been multi thousands of dollars only ended up being like five six hundred and oh not the greatest putter on bermuda either nope. and, and 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 we're struggling with putting here so it, he might be a fake for me. maybe it's a reverse splits guy and he starts putting better in bermuda Dear sorry god <laughs> no i'm glad i'm glad we went there well i i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you about a guy Go ahead. I'm I'm gonna tell you right now. He he is like number one, one of my favorites. Webb Simpson. Ah, uh, Webby. Me and Webb have gone through some things this year. I, I like him, man. He's, he's what is he? He's tied. He starts as tied for six, right at uh, four under. That's right. right. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. I think yeah. that's I think I mean, that's he, approaching the barrier of guys who can come back and win. But yeah. you have to play out of your mind at four under. Yeah, but I mean, you look at his last 36 rounds. He's fourth in DK points. He's first in putting. He's third in approach, second in a short game, ninth tee to green, 13th on ball striking. I mean, that dude is playing out of his mind. I mean, there's no reason that he can't do well here. And you look at his course history, I know you're not taking it into account. He got a fourth here last year, a 13th, a 23rd, and a fourth and a fifth. So he's he's done well here more times than he's done worse than fifth. Um, you know. He's just in a phenomenal position. Ninety-seven hundred. I like the I like the price actually. I think it's perfect because you know then you can't really play uh, JT and Webb. So yeah, everyone can just keep going up to JT, and I'll just build off these nine K guys and have a scoring machine. Well, in terms of scoring per eighteen, he ranks third in the field. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And he's behind Cantley and Thomas, who are of course first and second. But Good. Then, you know he he's ahead of guys like Rory and Kepka and Rom. You want that type of scoring because you're looking to diversify. And I don't think he's going to garner the ownership that I'm currently projecting. I bet you that number goes down. Good. He, you know, I got him currently at 24%. Um, so he's a play. I think he's still one of the higher risk type of plays. But it, he's someone that I think has a great shot at, at putting together a spectacular tournament. So. Nope. I'm 100% with you. I, I love him this week. Absolutely. He's currently 20 to 1 to win. Currently 21 to win. So. All right. Tony Finau has been uh, mm. kind of stirring the pot lately, playing well. Where are you at on Tony? I think initially when I saw the field and I saw the prices and where, where he was at, I really liked him. But when I looked at his DK scoring recently, it's just not good. He's 26 of, out of 30th in the field over the last you know 36 rounds in that. I don't know. I, I can't do it. Short game doesn't rank well. He ranks 28th in the field in putting. Uh, although I think that might be overall, so let me check his Bermuda. Nope, 29th. Okay, so yeah, I'm not that far off. Uh, yeah, I don't I'm not. I don't think I'm going to have any now this week, honestly. I, ha- I thought I would initially, but I have since retracted my ownership to zero. All right, so if we go from Fino, we're going to go to Fleetwood next. Are you going with Tommy? No, and I think for the same reasons. His DK scoring again, twenty third. I really don't want. I don't want really to roster anyone that's outside the top twenty in DK scoring in their recent form. I think I draw the line at Casey. I think anybody under that, he's and he ranks twentieth for me in DK points over the last thirty six, and I think that's where I draw the line. Unfortunately, that puts Corey Connors down at the bottom, but. That was who I really wanted to play when I first saw the list, but he just isn't scoring. Yeah, that's which true. which is odd because I've seen him mentioned at least three times in three things I've read this week. 
Well, everyone's going to have their opinions, and you're going to see a lot of names over and over again. There's 30 golfers. That's all you get. The, the names I've seen so far, after three articles I've read, is is uh, Connors. Uh, who was the other one? Xander. And... What was it? It was only, actually, it was only two. Connor and Xander were the ones that, that jumped out as people mentioning more than once. And I, and I agree with the Xander call. I think that's a solid shot, but I, I don't know. I just can't... Not only do you have to finish high, you need to score. That's true. I can't I can't play guys that are going to par themselves around starting in 21st or 26th. There's no way. They have no chance. Well, I'm not I'm not worried about that that finishing position with them as long as they improve it. Well, right. I'm, I'm looking at their to. scoring, so I am going to look at guys who can birdie and score. So, you know, Rory and John Rahm we don't really have to go into depth on them. We know their scores. We know they're in play. Um, you need to roster those guys at least a little bit in your lineups. But how much Sunjay are you going to have? Well, here's how I'm looking at it. He is eighth in DK points in the field. He's starting in 21st, and he starts at 5,900. So he is better than 22 other golfers in the field, and he starts 21st. So the odds of him scoring are pretty high. He's going to improve his finishing position. He ranks ahead of Justin Thomas in DK scoring over the last 36 rounds. Yeah, I just I'll have a ton. I mean, the dude just is, is an eagle machine. He's, I don't know. I just don't know how you don't play Sanjay here, unless you say he's a rookie on the biggest stage ever. But even well, then, with Sanjay, if he if he scores like crazy, cracks that top ten. And he, let's hypothetically, finishes in eighth, right? Okay. He gets a nine-point bonus, which only gives JT that 21-point cushion. I think if he does play that well, he's already outscoring the field, like, insanely huge with birdies and eagles, and plus the value that you're going to get yeah. at, at 5,900. So, no, I, I agree. And he's the Terminator, man. We've been on him all year long. And it just goes to show he doesn't win, but he's in the – tournament championship exactly he's, he's he obviously playing well and scoring yeah um another guy i have an interest in that who's kind of similar would be like gary woodland um not as high on gary as maybe as the feel uh, like I, I i'm not super high on gary but he's just have low ownership and he's an 8k guy that you know i think you can sneak in and, and kind of diversify your lineup guy i'm fading for sure is patrick reed and yeah. more than likely get a fade guys like Louie, Corey Connors, and Sneds. And yeah. probably Kisner, too. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with Kokrak. He's such a terrible putter. Yeah. But, that is concerning. But if you get a hot putter, you know, that, that, that helps. And then um, what about Answer? So I was going to ask you the same question. So I'm looking at Answer, and I'm looking at he's starting in sixth, but he's 22nd in the field in scoring. I just don't see how he maintains his sixth place. He's going to lose all his positional points. Well, not all, but probably a lot. His worst service of putting is Bermuda. And even though he gained strokes last week at the BMW, he still finished 28th in putting. I mean, he, fin- he gained strokes in putting, but still finished 28th at the BMW. So, now nah, I'm waiting putting pretty heavily here, and he historically doesn't putt well in Bermuda. And he's probably going to lose positional points to guys that are much better scorers than him. So, I I had him highlighted again as another guy. I was like, oh, man, 7,100. But looking at the stats, I can't. 
I don't. I'll probably have a couple of shares just because I need to have somebody. But I'm not really confident in his ability to do well here. Well, looking at at, at Rick Gaiman's spreadsheet, everyone right now is is projected to play. You know their standard uh, game. Yep. <clears throat> so answers uh, projected to finish 18th, the starting position. If answer plays out of his mind, and let's just say he plays like. 85% better than he normally does. Okay? He barely cracks the top five. Yep. So if you think game theory-wise, answer is going to play that good versus the field, I think you've got another thing coming to you. Answer for me is is, is not the answer. Ha! Ha, ha, ha. All right. So um, another guy I think I have interest is Decky. Um, that price at 9300 way too cheap. Interest in Xander for sure. So, I mean, it, it's a it's a loaded field, and we can go into incredible depth in each of these guys. I, I just don't know if going into much depth is really going to change the perception I currently have and how I'm going to build. I'm going to diversify my lineups with, not with ownership, but with um, Ross, my roster salary. And I'm going to try to get... In, deviate as low as a thousand leaving a thousand on the table just to try to get the nuts i i don't want to have to spend my whole salary allocation it's just not the plan what about no. yourself no i'm gonna set i won't even <clears throat> set a minimum i don't think when i'm building i'm just gonna build what i feel is right and go from there I'm, salary is definitely not a consideration with 30 guys in the field i i, I will i will make sure every lineup i construct has at least 500 left on the table oh for yeah. sure I think that's going to be easy. Easy. I haven't tried to build them yet, but I feel like that's fairly easy to do with these prices. And if it is too easy, I'm going to raise that number. Because I, I, I'm not going to have one roster with 50,000. Not one. I want to build one to see what it is, what, how I can get a 50,000 roster and then look at, you know, I won't play that for sure, but see how popular that might be. And that should give me an idea of how much I need to leave off the table. Sweet. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. Well, that'll wrap up the cut line in our analysis of the tour championship. That's it. It's over. It's Done. all over. 2019 PGA Tour Championship signals the end of a great season and an exciting new beginning for the cut line. Woo-hoo. Thank you, Fantasy National. Thank you, PGA. Zach, thank you for all the time, dedication, and contributions to our show. You're the man. Thank you for putting it all together. Listeners, this show is nothing without you, your time, and your weekly commitment to us Zach Manafort and Mike Cavalunas, we will see you come fall swing for the start of the 2020 PGA season. Yeah. Good luck this weekend. We'll see you down the road. Later.